0: Time. Time now for the best in mystery. Tonight on Masters of Mystery, an exciting melodrama titled No One Will Ever Know. Sure, we supply bodyguards by the day, a week, or month. It's got to be twenty four hours a day. Your best man. And I want him to shoot to kill. This is Don Dowd, your host for Mystery Time, back again to introduce another in ABC Radio's great Monday through Saturday lineup of mystery dramas. Every night at this time, a new and different story. Our drama tonight on Masters of Mystery, presented live from New York, is written by Leonard St. Clair, and is titled, No One Will Ever Know. Murder is bad business under any circumstances, but when a man plots to make himself the victim, well... We promise you plenty of suspense as Masters of Mystery brings you No One Will Ever Know. Nobody believes me. They all think it's my imagination. The sick dream of a sick mind. But I know he's out there in the night. I know he's waiting for me. Waiting for the right moment to kill me. Nobody believes it could happen. Because everybody still believes I'm lucky. Lucky Sam Parnell, the man who always wins. Lucky Sam who bought that stock that jumped ten points in two days. Lucky Sam who was on the long shot at yesterday's race. Lucky Sam who owns a piece of that oil well out in Texas. That's the way it was with me until last week. It was Monday evening. I'd just gotten home. The maid took my raincoat, and I headed for the bar to fix myself a drink
1: darling. How
0: are you? Fine, honey. How about a martini? Love one. Good. There we are. And? Sam, you haven't noticed. Hmm? Notice what? My new dress. Oh. Well, it's fine, fine. It's, um, pretty fancy, isn't it? Well,
1: it's a cocktail dress, darling. I thought I ought to have something new for the boat, And I promise I won't cost you any more until we get to Paris.
0: <laughs> Who's complaining? All right, honey. To the trip. To
1: Paris. Mm. Ah.
0: Good. That's delicious.
1: Oh, by the way, did you find the telegram? Telegram? Why I left it on the bar for you. Oh? Mm-hmm. Yes, here it is. Practically under your nose. Oh? I wonder who. I called your office in case you wanted me to read the message to you, but you'd already left. What? Oh. oh. what's the matter?
0: Uh, nothing, dear. Nothing. I, I'm, I'm sorry. It was a clumsy thing to do.
1: Well, darling, there is something wrong. You look sick.
0: No, I'm... I'm all right. There's nothing the matter. Uh, look. Catherine, can you get a rag and mop up this mess?
1: Why, the maid will do it, dear. Sam, what was in that telegram? Who is it from? Tell me, who is it from?
0: Please, please, honey, you're getting yourself all upset about nothing. Uh, suppose you go tell Lottie to clear up this broken glass. Hmm? I'll fix us another round of drinks. As soon as Catherine disappeared toward the kitchen, I reread the telegram. Sorry, old man, our well is a dry hole. Send 10,000 more to clean up final deaths. Signed, Harry. 10,000 more. 10,000 I didn't have. Every penny I had poured into that Texas well was borrowed money. Harry ought to know that. This was to be our big plunge. Harry and I were going to crack our first million. Now, lucky Sam Parnell was broke. Bankrupt. After dinner, I locked myself in the study. I had to think. To work something out with pencil and paper. But it didn't work out. The stocks and bonds would have to go to pay off the loans. The mortgage would take the house. The only asset left would be my life insurance. That $50,000 policy with the double indemnity clause. Yes?
1: Sam, uh, can you come to the phone? It's Jimmy. He's calling from school.
0: Well, uh... Tell him I'm tied up, Kathy, and give him my love.
1: Oh, but darling, he wants to say goodbye to you before we sail.
0: Well, then you can tell him we're not going to Europe. What? I'm turning in our tickets in the morning. Tell Jimmy the old man's got to stay and close a business deal. The biggest deal of my life. Don't argue with me, Catherine, and don't wait up for me. I'll be working most of the night. I'll see you in the morning. The biggest business deal of my life. It would be that, all right. And my last deal. I sat up most of the night trying to work it out. The idea was okay, but I was going to need help. Expert help. The next morning, I dropped by to see Max. His office was in the back of a particular drugstore on 43rd Street. Hello, Mr. Parnell. It was a pretty good long shot running in the 8th this afternoon. As if you didn't know. That isn't why I came by, Max. Oh, Max, there's a man who's in trouble. He's looking for somebody who'll do anything for a price. Sounds like he's in big trouble. He is. In a few days, he'll be broke. That's big enough. It occurred to me, Max, that you might have some friends, some connections. Uh, no friends. Connections, maybe. Somebody you can trust. Somebody who won't talk. What's the job? To kill a man. What? Now, look, Mr. Parnell... Max, you're doing business with the mobs all the time. You must help somebody. Now, if it's done right, there won't be any risk. And there's $5,000 in it. Suppose we uh, level with each other, Mr. Parnell. Now, this uh, friend of yours... You, isn't it? Be wiped out within a month. I don't want my wife and my boy to know I'm a failure. I don't want them out in the streets. I want them to hold on to what they've got now. I'm too old to start all over again. My luck's run out, Max. Alive, I'm worth nothing, not even to myself. Dead, at least my family will get by. Life insurance? Huh? Yes. Double indemnity. But the company won't pay off for suicide. So uh, it has to look like an accident. Mm. Oh, Mr. Parnett. Max, there's no other way... I'm afraid to fake it myself. I'll pay $5,000. All right. Maybe I can get a boy for you, but... Well, with this kind of deal, you'll have to be paid in advance. I'll bring the money this afternoon. Okay. Thanks? Yeah. How How do do you think you'll do it? Better if you don't know No one will ever know. Not even you. When I left Max, I went directly to the steamship office and got a refund on our round-trip tickets to Europe. $1,400. I needed every penny I could get hold of to make the $5,000 for Max. But I got it. And that afternoon I gave it to him in cash. All I had to do now was Wait. Tuesday passed On Wednesday Thursday Every morning when I left for the office I kissed Captain goodbye for what might be the last time Every night when I came home to her I dreaded the thought of leaving again in the morning The stream began to get unbearable Let's get this over with, Max Let's end it before I go mad Then Friday Friday afternoon Hello? Dan? Oh, yes, dear Yes, would you
1: please? Well, wait a minute until I open it. Here's what it says New wells came in this morning. Looks like thousand barrels per
0: day. What? Congratulations, oil baron. And it's by Harry. Oh, Sam, how wonderful. Yes, Catherine, how wonderful. How unbelievable. I tell you, he's gone, Mr. Parnell. Gone, but where? You've worked for him for years. You must know where he's gone. I, I don't know. Right after the last time you were here, he came out and gave me two weeks' wages. And that's so uh, pleasant for you, Charles, he said... I'm going on a vacation, maybe two or three months. But well, look, some of his friends must know where he is. Tell me where I can find them. I never paid any mind to his friends, Mr. Parnell. The only reason I know your name is because you told me once. It's too late. I'm too late. Max didn't tell me who was going to do it or when or where. He said no one would ever know. Not even me. <laughs> Catherine, how soon can you pack your bags?
1: Why, I... I'm calling uh, the
0: airline right now to see if we can get tonight's plane for London. Oh,
1: but that's impossible. Well, I'll need at least a week to close up the house there. The service... All right, then, then I'm leaving
0: tonight by myself. You can join me later.
1: What? But I, but I don't want to. Sam, there's something wrong with you. your is death.
0: That's a good comparison.
1: Sam, give me that phone. Oh. Now, now, what's happened? Sam, tell me.
0: So I told her. The whole story. Right from Harry's first telegram and my idea about the life insurance. Catherine's face went as white as mine. Her eyes stared at me with a dazed, unbelieving expression.
1: How could you have thought of such a thing? Without you, this house and your money would mean nothing.
0: You don't understand, Catherine. We'll pack your bags. Any hour, any minute, Max is liable to go through with his part of the deal. Darling. Please get started, Catherine. I'll phone the airline. No,
1: let me do it. You're you're much too upset. I'll
0: start cleaning up my desk. If the London plane is sold out, get a seat on a plane going somewhere else. Anywhere.
1: Hello? This is Mrs. Farnell, Dr. Mead. Please, come right over. Sam is terribly sick.
0: Afrin, give me that. Are you out of your mind? No,
1: dear, I'm not. But I'm afraid you are.
0: She didn't believe me. She thought I was cracking up. I grabbed the phone and called the airline myself. The best I could do was tomorrow's plane, 14 hours away. 14 hours I had to gamble on staying alive.
1: Sam, Dr. Hede was called away on an emergency, but he sent Dr. Ives to see you. I
0: don't want to see him. But,
1: Sam, you must see him.
0: There's nothing the matter with me, I tell you. You've got to believe me, Doctor. That's why Max left town, don't you see? So he won't be connected with my death. But the guy he hired is waiting for me. It'll be any time, anywhere. I won't take a sedative. Keep away from me. Catherine, don't let him use that needle. Catherine. Catherine! Catherine. I'm not here, Sam.
1: What time is it? It's ten o'clock. Would you like some breakfast?
0: Breakfast? Ten in the morning? Yes. Captain, get my clothes to play in. It took
1: off an hour ago, darling. I canceled our reservations. You canceled our reservations? Sam, now listen to me. You're going to be all right. Dr. Ives says this happens to a lot of men when they
0: overwork. he says all you need is to rest and forget about business. Dr. Ives, he knows all about everything, doesn't he? Except when I'm going to be killed. And how... And where? As soon as my wife left the room, I jumped out of bed and dressed. I slipped down the back stairs, and before Catherine and the servants spotted me, I had my car out of the garage. I drove to the nearest precinct station. As I pulled up to the curb, I couldn't help noticing the yellow coupe that passed me and parked further up the street. I thought I saw the driver stare at me, but I wasn't sure. I couldn't afford to take any chances, so I got back into the car and drove on. Besides, I'd have been a fool to go to the police. If anything did happen to me, the police would notify the insurance company, and Catherine would get nothing. I drove aimlessly around town. Then I happened to look in the way of the mirror. And there he was, the man in the yellow coat. I tried to lose him in traffic, across town and back really hung on. I swung into a parking lot and jumped out. I ran into the nearest building. I had to lose him. I had to. Just as I stepped into the elevator, my eyes suddenly focused on the office directory. Ryan Detective Agency. Investigations, property and personal protection. Room 1402. Whatever you wish, Mister Parnell. We supply bodyguards by the day, a week, or as long as you want. It's got to be twenty-four hours a day. Your best man, and I want him to shoot to kill. Well, that all depends if the circumstances warrant. Mister it... Ryan, somewhere outside this office, in the hallway, or in the elevator, or on the street, a man I don't even know is waiting to kill me. together and picked up my car. As we drove back to the house, I watched for the yellow coupe. Yes, there it was, keeping about a half a block behind us. When we pulled into our driveway, the coupe kept on going and then turned to the next corner. I sprinted for the front door and slammed it. Sam, is
1: that you? Oh, darling, you gave me such a fight when you sneaked off this morning. Oh, what are you doing? What are you looking out of the window for? I'm waiting
0: for him to turn around. and drive past again. Oh!
1: Sam, you can't keep on like this. You're ill.
0: Don't you realize sure, it? Sure, sure, sure. This is all my imagination. Catherine, tell the cook to fix dinner for one extra. Harrison will be eating with us. He's my bodyguard.
1: Bodyguard?
0: He's putting the car on the garage. He'll be along in a minute.
1: Well, I want you to get rid of him. There's absolutely no danger. Tell him to go.
0: Is that what you want? Why? Maybe you want me to be killed. Who's oh, my insurance looks pretty good to you, after all. And all the money that'll be coming into that oil well. Stop
1: it. Stop it. I can't take any more. I
0: can't. I'm sorry, Catherine. I guess I am sick. With fear. But everything's going to be all right, honey. I've told the detective agency to track down Max. We'll get word to him that the deal is off. Yes, dear. Max will call off his boy and I'll be safe. Then I won't need the bodyguard. That makes sense, doesn't it? I suppose so. Sure it does. We'll see Europe yet, Catherine. You and I... Decide...
1: <coughs> What's that? My oh, damn.
0: It was only a car backfiring. This is too much. Too much for any human being to stand for long. How long? How long will it take to find Max? A day? Two? Three? A week? What will happen in the meantime? We played cards all evening. Catherine, Harrison, and I. My mind was on another game. A game for my life. Eleven o'clock. Catherine kissed me a good and we came up to our rooms. She's probably asleep by now. And Harrison, the bodyguard, is stationed outside my door in the big easy chair reading from the stack of magazines is he asleep, too. He mustn't be because my life depends on him. But I've got to sleep. I must rest and sleep. I can't go on this way. without sleep <sighs> Midnight. Still sleep won't come. This maddening waiting, waiting for what? When? Perhaps if I meet a while, I'll close the window. Sit up and wait a while. Wait a minute, that sound. It's a radio. His radio in the yellow coupe. There in front of the house, it's him out there waiting for me, waiting to kill me. He's not waiting. He's getting out of his car. Harrison, Harrison, wake up. and come for me. He's coming to the front door. Harrison! You will get me. Not that easy, because all you'll find is Harrison's sound asleep outside my door, because I'm going out this window now. Now, if I can make it to the garage without being seen... behind me. No, I can't be. But it is. He turned the corner, too. All right, Max. I'll make your friend sweat for his $5,000. i am going to treat him out of it, Max, because he won't get me. Do you hear? I won't let him. I won't let him, Max. It's my life. And I'm still lucky, Sandy. Do you hear? I'm going to win because I'm still lucky. <laughs> heard the crash. I ran out as quick as I could. The ambulance is on the way, Mrs. Parnell, but I'm afraid I
1: told you. Dr. Ives told you he was a sick man. That's why I hired you, Mr. Miller, to keep him from doing something foolish.
0: And you drove him to this. I followed my order, ma'am. I never let him out of my sight. When I saw him go to the bedroom window from where I was parked outside in my coop, I figured he was going to jump. That's that's when I rang your doorbell.
1: And he thought you were someone who was going to Oh, Mr. Miller, could that have been right? Could there have been someone?
0: Like Max? Maybe, Mrs. Parnell, but if I was a cheap bookie and your husband gave me $5,000 to kill him, I'd just take the money and float town. Why go through with a risky deal when you've already got the dough? Oh, no, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like you said, ma'am, your husband was pretty sick. How sick? I guess nobody will ever know.